hello and welcome to the On The Whistle podcast. My name is Alistair Howarth, your host for our AFCON preview series. And today we're looking at a big one. Well, I say big. It's actually the smallest country population-wise coming into the tournament. That's right, Cape Verde, who have done so well in recent years to, uh, to qualify to their fourth tournament, I think it is, uh, at the AFCON 2023. And there is no one better to share how they will do at this tournament than their own center back, Roberto Lopez, who's been with the team for the last three or four years is going into his second AFCON. And he shares a couple insights as to as to why Cape Verde did so well at the last tournament and why they ultimately stumbled and, and no thanks in part to, to illness and, and COVID as well. But he'll talk about that. He'll get into it in the podcast. I hope you enjoy it. Roberto, it is brilliant to have you back on the podcast. We had you previewing the last AFCON back in 2021, which, you know, it was your first AFCON coming in as, as a player for Cape Verde. And, and obviously, you know, how, I guess we want to start there. How do you look back on that last AFCON 2021? Obviously, you did well in the group stage, got out the group, and then fell to, you know, eventual champion Senegal in the round of 60. But how do you, you know, first, I guess, personally, what was your experience like? Tell me a bit about what was your first AFCON like? Yeah, look, it was absolutely incredible. Obviously, like, I was really excited and looking forward to it, like, and we had our, our bumps on the way, like, and I suppose as well, like, COVID through a massive part of that, like, it was going to be difficult for every team going uh, to prepare as best as you could, like, and we uh, had a training camp down in Cape Verde, and I think the first two or three days, the cases started to, to ramp up within our own camp, and there was a split in the in the camp with basically who had and who hadn't had COVID to train, like, separately, um, and even when we arrived down there, I think Amanda was still left behind because he needed a, a negative test before he could travel. Uh, so they them preparations were a bit like mixed up. I'm sure it's the same for for every team. But once we got down there together and we realised right we're here to play football, so if any blips just kind of go out your mind, and uh, we kicked off the, the tournament through the game against Ethiopia, which was probably a bit difficult and, and sluggish and probably reflected that preparation. But to get the three points and, and celebrate that like at my first Afcon was was incredible. It was a great feeling, uh, and then we had the the game against Cameroon. Uh, just to finish that group off, um, where we were allowed to have eighty percent the capacity of the stadium full, and um, Cameroon, Cameroon being the host nation, they had an amazing crowd and just the, the feeling before the game of you kind of arrived on the on the stage to be a big footballer that was just overwhelming for me. Like, and we got a great result for them, which ultimately took us through to the to the next stage against Senegal. Like, and we were sort of quietly confident that we we might be able to cause an upset, but then. I think a, a bad dose of food poison hit the hit the camp and uh, yeah, it sort of uh, kind of halted our dream, suppose, of progressing. Like, but through the good and the bad, for me, everything was fantastic. The experience that I take back, uh, say, even when I was probably hanging over a toilet, <laughs> in, in the lowest of times. Oh, can, bless you. Yeah, you reflect on that, and you think like what an experience that was, because throughout all that sort of bad stuff, you still have to go out and play football. You know, and that that's the only thing you control. You can't control what happens. Like you get sick, the, it's thirty six degrees in the day. You just have to, to deal with that. And what you're there to do is play football, and you have to try your best to produce your best. Yeah, absolutely. And kind of reflecting back on it, were there any things that kind of obviously I'm sure that will stick with you um, in, in terms of being stuck over a toilet? But kind of what what are your kind of strongest memories of actually being on on the pitch playing in those matches what what that you know for you scream that i'm at an afcon this is this is not you know playing in europe this is not playing in ireland what what was that kind of moment for you 
Yeah, I suppose it, it's it's difficult to win the games because you're just so focused on on the job in hand. But I, the one that will, will vividly stick out with me was when we were warming up in the Cameroon game. Um, I think we were out forced and we were in a circle together and we were just like going through our stretches and that. And then the Cameroon team entered the the pitch and the noise from the fans that were in the stadium was absolutely incredible. I felt like I was going to war. It was like war cries uh, just echoing around the, the whole stadium. And we were sort of looking around each other like and saying, this is it, like, this is why, why we wanted to be here. We wanted to play in these games. And uh, yeah, we, they had superstars on the pitch as well. Like, so it was great to, to compete against them and as well as to come away with a point. Um, that ultimately saw us true. It was just a fantastic memory to have. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that sounds incredible. I, I, I want to talk a bit about your, your journey because obviously it's a very different one from a lot of Cape Verdeans on the team, but also similar to a lot of players who are AFCONs, you know, coming from, yeah, I guess, mixed heritage families in Europe and, and growing up and kind of coming back. Uh, you know, what, I guess, what was that journey like for you? Because obviously I don't think, as far as I understand, you didn't, you know, plan to play for Cape Verde when you were younger or anything. It was almost more of a surprise for you. you know, tell us a little about, a bit about that journey. Yeah, so it was a bit, obviously, I was well aware of my heritage growing up, like, but I suppose given the distance between Ireland and Cape Verde, your probably focuses on the country that you were born in and living up in. That was always Ireland. And look, I've always had ambitions of, of trying to make as a footballer and playing professionally. And, and thankfully, I did that. Like, uh, But the Ireland dream was sort of something that was dead and buried, just given the, the quality of, of the team and the players who I grew up with. Like, um, We had some really strong players at the time who made international uh, football for Ireland so the dream was sort of dead and buried and I remember I, I, when I started out sorry in, in the League of Ireland I was playing part-time and um, I was in college for a bit and I think one of our, our modules uh, required us to set up a LinkedIn account um, and it was end up being through the LinkedIn account maybe five or six years later that the manager at the time for Cape Verde messaged me um, mm. in Portuguese which uh, <laughs> I, I didn't understand mm -hmm. I didn't speak at the time um, and I just thought it was a welcome message because when you connect, oh yeah, like a great message. So mm. I just ignored it. <laughs> Amazing. But someone on LinkedIn is not. Thankfully, uh, they looked over my ignorance and uh, they messaged me. Sorry, the manager messaged me back about nine months later, but this time it was in English, and he asked me, "Did he consider the proposal?" So I did what I should have done in the first place and copied and pasted his first message into Google Translate. And they were saying they were looking at getting their new players into the the Cape Verde squad. Would I be interested? And from there, it just snowballed. I was like, yeah, uh, my apologies about not replying to you earlier, but I'd love the opportunity to, to represent Cape Verde if it was still available. And they said, yeah, and we got the papers done pretty quickly. And uh, I think a month later, I was, I was playing against Togo in a friendly for my debut. That is amazing, especially the quick turnaround, because I know it's, you know, sometimes can be such a, a long and drawn out process and kind of, getting passports and, and, you know, changing that and declaring and whatever else, all the kind of hoops you have to jump through. And last time you came on the pod, you were telling us about how kind of welcome you were made to feel as kind of immediately as you joined the team, both kind of within the squad, but also, you know, you felt particularly from fans in Cape Verde, you know, the passion you felt, you know, especially when you qualified. You know, I guess my question would be, you know, you've been a part of the team now for a number of years. You're a lot more settled in the squad. You know, you obviously you're going back to Cape Verde a lot more regularly now. You know, how has your relationship to the country kind of changed? And I guess the way you see yourself as being, you know, both Cape Verdean and Irish, because like you say, it wasn't, you know, you're aware of it, but it wasn't really a big thing for you growing up. Yeah, absolutely. And I suppose, yeah, as, as much. 
as much as the recent, as far as up until the recent uh, qualifiers, it's probably the the most Cape Verdean that I felt, um, which is uh, a really nice feeling, I have to say. I was, again, probably overwhelmed with the support we had uh, in, at home against our last game against Angola at home. Um, it was just, the fans were incredible and they really got behind the team. Um, you get to see people um, throughout the streets. I think we had a day off um, after the Angola game and I went out with a few of the lads who were, who were local to the area. And everyone you meet in the street, they stop, they say hello, and just like they appreciate all the effort you give to the national team. And um, my Creole is coming on bit by bit, so I had the opportunity to speak with that. And I think looking back, when I came home from that trip, it was just like, this is an amazing feeling. Like I feel like I'm accepted as a, as a, as a Cape Breton, which I've always made uh, been made feel that. But I think the confidence in myself that to, to feel that I, I'm a part of of the team and, and the group and the people as a nation, it really stood out to me. Yeah, I, 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 I kind of wanted to get your opinion on this because, you know, you, you've so much experience it, but that is such a common story for footballers, you know, whether it's, you know, they're born in Mali and they move to France when they're young and so they end up playing, representing France, you know, like an Angola Kante or, you know, the reverse like yourself. You, Absolutely. You know, yeah. I guess football on the one hand, it's it's terrible for exploring identity because you play for one country as soon as you commit to that country you are you know Roberto Lopez Cape Verdean you know the Irish is gone whatever but at this yeah. at the same time though you know it's an awesome way of exploring those kind of mixed identities I don't know how you feel about about that oh, absolutely like and uh, again it's part I, I say it's always something I knew about growing up but it's it's never really something that I actively maybe explored or, or looked into and it was only really since I got into the the football and and declared like that I really sort of like dove in and, and trying to find out more and and I suppose every time I, I got I got down there I learned something new uh which which is fantastic and um I'm looking to go down and, and, and try and travel all the islands uh sometime in, in the future and I still have a grandfather down there who, who you think I'd be able to see the whole time playing football but because we play only on, on one island I don't get to visit so we're looking at planning maybe a trip down there where I'll see him down there and get to meet up with the rest of my family, which which would be fantastic. Like, and again, that would be an experience that I haven't had in, geez, me twenty five years. Like, you know. Yeah, and and what is that like, particularly kind of when you think about your father when you first started playing for the country? How has that changed your relationship, or how has he, you know, thought about that? I he's so proud, like, which which, which is great. Like, and I suppose like it sort of brought more to Cape Verde and decided out in him. Like, and he, he's constantly give me updates of, of back home and how my cousins are doing. And that, that's been a big thing. Like wherever, every time I got the Cape Verde, he goes, oh, your, your cousin's down here now. And <laughs> never met before. Yep. <laughs> we'll, we'll have a chat. Like, and it's great to meet family. And the, the, the brilliant thing is like, I got sort of broken Portuguese and Creole and, and they've probably broken English, but we, we have conversations. We, we make it work and it's just, yeah, it's amazing. Oh, I love that. That's, that's amazing. And kind of, one thing you know, I want to look start looking at this this next Afcon because obviously you're coming into into it. Um, you know, your second Afcon, you know, only Cape Verde's fourth or in and you know fourth, fourth yeah, yeah. and yeah, but only but you know one of the things I don't think we appreciate when we you know watch a team like Cape Verde qualify for an Afcon, particularly now it's your fourth and you know you know ten ten eleven years is I got to ask the question like how on earth do you do it? Because, you know, I, I look at Cape Verde population wise, but like 500,000 people, you know, it's, mm. it's the equivalent of like an Iceland qualifying for the Euros. If Iceland was broken up into, you know, three or four little islands and, you know, everything is apart, like you say, you know, you, you, you haven't even been to some of the island, you know, what is, 
when you, you simultaneously, like last tournament, you have DRC, a country of a hundred million, not qualifying, you know, what is the secret to, to the country's success? Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't think there's any secret. I just like the people love football and you, you see it when you go down there, like everyone's with a ball in, in the streets. Like everyone's just like, they have the idols of like the Portuguese and, and the Brazilians and they obviously have the idols that were in the national team now, like so Ryan Mendes, the Perry Vizinha, who've, who've been doing it for years now, like and people like that to look up for, look up to when see them doing the big stage, like it, it really does promote um, football in, in the country. Like, and yeah, it's just, it's just a passion for it really. Yeah, I just, I think that is remarkable. And I think it's the same with countries like Equatorial Guinea, you know, who like pull together, you know, from tiny, tiny countries are pulling players from different parts of the country or different parts of the world, you know, like yourself, and then are, are managing to compete with some of the, you know, biggest countries in, you know, in the world, let alone in Africa. I just think it's, it's sensational. And, and for you, I guess, in that time, in the last few years, how is your you know, how have you felt you've settled into the team? You know, how has your role in the, in the team changed? In certain, you know, you're saying your Creole is getting a little better. You look, how has that kind of worked out for you in terms of betting into the team? Yeah, it's been brilliant. And I think as well as, uh, look, I've been, I've been lucky to be involved in a lot of squads since since I came in. Like, and I think the confidence has definitely, definitely grown. Um, the confidence in, like, myself within the group and also using the language a bit more. Like, I feel like... The lad, like about there's something I've always tried to do since day one, um, definitely on the pitch, just trying to be Creole because I think it was important to adapt and to show people that I'm really committed. Um, and obviously as that got better, I was able to, to communicate more. And I think the lads respect that, like, and respect you for making the effort. And look, if if ever I was, I was struggling with the words or how you'd need to use English, the lads are the force to help. Like, but um, it's definitely a, a probably grown in confidence to know that, like, yeah, like I'm. I feel accepted here and I, I love being around the lads like and we know we'll we'll die for each other on the pitch and we'll help each other out like um off as much as we can like and to be honest with you it's just such a great time when you get down there if we have we're lucky we have a great group and um, we have the the crack as we say in ireland like um but yeah, and, and everyone's involved there's now be left out and we make sure we have a good time yeah Oh, that's brilliant. I never thought I'd, I'd, I'd hear the word crack used in, in the context of, of Af AFCON, yeah. but I love it. There's the mixed heritage mixing in. Absolutely. And, 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 you know, how do you feel then different, but also as a team, you know, what is different about this AFCON than coming into Cameroon? Because, you know, you're probably in a tougher group. We'll get onto the group in a minute, but, how, you know, how is the team shaping up? How are you feeling ahead of ahead of it? Yeah, I'm excited because um, I think we've got a, a few new young players who are, are, are breaking into the squad and, and have done since the, the last AFCON. So it was a few to look, look forward to seeing. And I think having the, I suppose, the disqualifying campaign and along with the World Cup uh, qualifiers as well, just for them to get used to playing football in Africa, which is something that you need to have experience in. Um, which is fantastic. Like, so, yeah, we're looking forward to embedding the new players in and we still have the stalwart start. Are they who have that experience so we've got a really good good mix now and um yeah we're just we're just looking forward to performing on that stage yeah absolutely i mean let's let's get on to looking at your group because you know obviously last time you were with cameron the host and obviously the, the second most successful african nation at, at afcon's huge nation you've, you've done one better in terms of a kind of prestige and, and uh, you know being in the same group as Egypt, obviously the most successful team in AFCON history, you know, even when they're a terrible team, like they were in 2021, they still managed to get to the final and, and almost win, you know, only losing out on penalties for you. When the draw comes out, are there teams that you're hoping for? Are you hoping for an easy group so you can get out or are you kind of hoping that you get these kind of these heavyweights so you actually get to play against them? 
Yeah, it was it was a strange feeling. I think I was training at the time, and then uh, when the group when the draw was being done, and then when they they checked me phone afterwards and seen the group, I saw I went, oh my god, it's any 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 chance of an, an easy route to get through. But then I think quickly I realised, hang on a second, this is one of the biggest tournaments in the world. Some of the best players in the world play here, and this is an opportunity for myself to test. Also, as a as a as a team, Cape Verde and me as a player to test yourself against the best players, which is is always what you want to do uh, in football. And if you if you have any ambitions of of going far in tournaments or or, or winning tournaments, you will have to play the best teams at some stage. Uh, so I was I'm delighted as well. Obviously, the the Ghana as well. They were in the group. They were a team uh, that I w- watched fondly growing up. Like some of the superstars, like Essien and Asamoah like these are really top players who I admired. And you look at their, their squad now; they have some really strong players playing playing across Europe as well. Uh, so we're looking forward to that. Like, and obviously you have Mo, Mo Salah, probably uh, the best uh, African player in the world. And um, yeah, to, to come up against him would would be amazing. Yeah, and and with that, is that something that does? kind of excited obviously you last AFCON you came up against the likes of Mane you came against you know Vassar Bubakar who's ended up being the top scorer you know when you when you think about that about lining up against Mosala you know what what are the feelings like it can't just be excited is there any nerves or like what what how do you feel about that yeah like there's probably there's nerves like assignments there's probably a determination that comes with it because um I've, I've always tried to to treat not treat the, the superstars any different because I think if you put them on a, on the pedestal, you, you'll, you'll never get there. And you need to show them respect, but, but not too much respect. And you need to realise you have a job at hand to do. Like, so, uh, yeah, I think at the moment, it's, it, I'm just trying to keep myself calm uh, and not get too sort of like um, caught up in the, in the fact that oh, you could be playing against this player or that player. And uh, yeah, just the, the key will probably be just to, to focus on the job at hand um, on, on the day. Yeah, absolutely. And then, of course, you're in, you're in the same group with, with Mozambique. I don't know if, if you would have insight into this, but obviously this is a funny AFCON because I think every, every single Portuguese-speaking kind of country from the continent has has, uh, has made it. Obviously, you played Angola in, 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 the, in the World Cup qualifier. Is, is there any kind of kinship between, between you guys? Because I, I feel like in Francophone Africa, there tends to be a little bit in Anglophone Africa. There, but of course, Portuguese speaking, you're all kind of all over the place. And, you know, the countries aren't anywhere near each other, aren't anything like each other, but you kind of have weirdly have this shared language. You know, is there anything there, like any kind of kinship or rivalry? There's a little bit of rivalry, yeah, I, I was told. I think we were meant to be playing um, Guinea-Bissau in a friendly a few years ago. Um, and we were, I think we played Senegal in a friendly and we're going to play Guinea-Bissau. And the managers and the coach in the group were saying, "This is a this is a big derby. Like this is a because of these Portuguese-speaking countries." And it was, it was similar when Angola came. I don't think it's 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 far from a, a nasty rivalry or one that sort of gets out of hand. But there is that sort of like I suppose bragging rights that that that, that uh, we want. Like so, yeah, there will be uh, a bit of a Mozambique. Could be that's why Mozambique is a tasty one in our group as well because there is that. A little bit of a derby, a little bit of a rivalry, and it'd be a good game. Yeah, I know. I'm looking forward to it. And I guess you are in this really tough group, but you know, obviously, you've shown that you can compete against the very best teams. I mean, even I think about the World Cup qualification, the last one when you pushed Nigeria so close in 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 that group in the qualifiers for the the Qatar World Cup. You know, and and again, there's that third place spot that you that you got in the last that last uh, Afcon. What for you guys is would be seen as a, a kind of successful World Cup? Because you've gotten to the round of sixteen, you've kind of shown that you're 
you're able to, to, to do that. And we've seen with other kind of smaller nations, I think Equatorial Guinea is a great example. They've been to the semifinals, quarterfinals, you know, you know, even I think Burkina Faso made it to the final in 2013. You know, what, what are the, the kind of ambitions, you know, I know you guys are, you know, always meant to say, oh, we're just one game at a time, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, do, do you kind of harbor any kind of, for you, what, what, what are you looking to do at this tournament? Um, yeah, I suppose like, look, to not be cliche, like, but I think the the most important thing for us is trying like a group, and um, I think that has to be the, the number one goal. Can we can we qualify for the for knockout period, uh, knockout phase, and uh, if we manage to do that, obviously we want to go a step further than what we done um the last time. And uh, yeah, it, it's it's difficult to say. Look, I think everyone in the tournament and uh, was probably say the same. They want to win it, uh, and that like everybody wants to win the tournament. Everyone wants to to win leagues, but I think. You can't really talk about that until you're in a final, until you're in a semi-final where you have that opportunity. So, yeah, I think for me is to go down there, try and win our first game, try and get out of our group and, uh, yeah, see where we go from there. Mm, absolutely. And I, I, I kind of want to talk about a bit a bit tactically in terms of what we can expect from you guys because what struck me in, in the AFCON in Cameroon is you had this kind of very resilient back line, really kind of structured, you know, rigid defense, which obviously plays so well into playing, you know, against teams like Burkina Faso, like Cameroon, like Egypt, like like Ghana, who kind of the onus is on them to break you down. But then obviously you have these tremendous quality going forward like with the likes of, you know, Rodriguez, you know, Ryan Mendez, and then obviously your, you know, set pieces are such an important thing for you guys as well. You know, you're mentioning some of the younger guys coming into it. You know, has the style of football that you guys have been playing over the last years, because obviously you're still under Bubis, the same kind of coaching setup. Has the style of football changed or a kind of evolved or kind of what are we expecting kind of similar, similar stuff at this AFCON? Yeah, I suppose the last AFCON was 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 different, I suppose, like from a tactical point of view, traditionally to what um, Cape Bear teams have um, throughout the years that we've always been known for our wingers and our, our attacking players. Like, and I suppose, yeah, we had a bit more of a defensive approach and probably kept the ball uh, very well, um, having the, the five in midfield. Like, um, this year it's probably gone back a bit traditionally, I'd imagine, just because we've been playing 4 3 3 a lot. Um, I don't want to give too much away either. I think the coach has plans. Like, uh, but yeah, uh, and it's, it's gone back to that where the, the emphasis is really on the, the wingers. Like, and we've, we've got some, some great wingers, as you said. We have Gary Rodriguez, we have Ryan Mendes, we have a, a young lad, Helio Varela, who looks uh, looks very good. Like, um, I'm hoping to see more of him. And um, we'll see now when, when the squad's announced who, who's going to be a part of it. Like, but um, yeah, we've, we've, uh, we've got our strengths and we've, we've got our, our weaknesses, which are going to try and minimize. Um, but um, yeah, we're just looking forward to getting the best, best squad we can together. And uh, I mean, now everyone will play a part. Roberto, thank you so much for your time. We, you know, I won't take too much more of it, but we always finish off in, in our preview podcasts with, with a quick fire round of questions. So I'm, kind of looking looking for short short sharp answers and some of them are more straightforward so I, i'll kick off you know maybe maybe yourself included but um who would you say is is uh cape verde's most important player coming into the afcon oh probably Bozinha. Bozinha. the goalkeeper mm -hmm. yeah fair enough starts at the back and then you know you, you talked about some of the youngsters you know who is the one who you would say is the one youngster to keep an eye out at, at this tournament who's gonna you know break through it into the cape verde team yeah, uh, probably Elio Varela. Elio Varela. Yeah, from from me, yeah, I like local. Mm -hmm. And then I know, I know you kind of were skirting around it earlier when I asked you, but you know, how far? I need, I need a prediction. What? How far are Cape Verde gonna go this this tournament? Uh, quarterfinals. Quarterfinals. 
Semi finals. Yep. Finals. <laughs> <laughs> Winning the whole lot. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, if if on the off chance that you make it to the finals and, and lose out, um, who who's your prediction to, to win the AFCON? To win the AFCON? Oh, I haven't even thought of that. I say Ivy Coast might be in a good show because yep. it's the, the home nation, so I'll probably go with them. Yeah, absolutely. And who is going to be the top scorer at the tournament? Hopefully not anyone in your group. <laughs> yeah. Um, fuck, yeah, I suppose you can't really look past Salah. Yeah, it's a hard one. Yeah. That's, yeah, yeah conflict. He's always there or thereabouts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which obviously for your sake, I hope he isn't the top scorer. I hope. Although having said that, you, you had a Bubakar was in your group was the top scorer, but I don't think he scored against you guys, did he? Uh, no, he did. Oh, he did. Oh, yeah, sorry. Did. <laughs> I've done you dirty there. <laughs> Thanks for the memory. Yeah, so I, was... <laughs> I thought that was the game he did. Oh, my bad. And if Sal, if Sal is going to be the top scorer, who's who's going to go down as the the player of the tournament? Oh, hopefully someone off Cape Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Roberto, thank you so much, man. I really appreciate it. Looking forward to seeing you guys. Hopefully, with with less off-field problems as you had at the last AFCON, hopefully less COVID and, and uh, food poisoning. But can't wait to see you guys kind of uh, playing playing in the Ivory Coast. Thanks very much, Asda. Really looking forward to it as well. And thanks for having me on as well.